welcome to an extra special heaping huge dose of making sense. <laughs> it's a bonus, gargantuan bonus extra. I'm, it's what is this? It's Jeff reacts live to a mainstream financial media article explaining the way the world works. And then Jeff is going to talk to us about whether or not he agrees, disagrees, and where the euro dollar collateral creation of money in the monetary shadows, how that all fits in with the mainstream narrative. My name is Mil Kalinowski, Jeff Snyder, head of Alhambra's Global Research. Jeff, I messed that up. It's only the 75th episode. Jeff Snyder, head of Global Research for Alhambra Investments. Okay. Jeff, Wall Street Journal, April 21st, Greg Ip. The job market is tighter than you think. Did you know that, Jeff? No, okay. I didn't. But I, All right. Well, then let me tell you why. Maybe it is. One set of numbers shows a labor market in dire straits. Total employment, despite March's jump, is still down 8.4 million from its pre-pandemic peak, on par with the worst point of the 2007-09 recession and its aftermath. While the unemployment rate at 6% is lower than in 2009, it is above 9% when people not counted as unemployed because they dropped out of the labor force or misclassified are added back, according to the Federal Reserve. In short, the labor market seems awash in slack with job seekers swamping demand for workers. Aha, weirdly, that isn't what a different set of numbers suggest. It shows a labor market starting to look, well, tight. Hmm. Consider wages, Jeff yes, Snyder. I think that the anecdotes of labor shortages and labor bottlenecks along with supply bottlenecks, I think those, those are things that we're going to hear a lot about over the next several months, if not the rest of the year. Okay, good, good, good. Then I'll be pointing Whether they're actually, back. I mean, whether this is the same as it was in 2017, 2018, and 2019, that's, that remains to be seen. I think, you know, I think we would approach that idea with skeptic, skepticism, given how there was no labor shortage back then, despite the surety that it was printed in the Wall Street Journal, especially among other places. Good. Let us see here. Consider wages. In a truly bad labor market, desperate workers would accept much lower pay dragging down earnings growth. That hasn't happened. The Labor Department's widely followed average earnings data are distorted by the disproportionate drop in low-wage work. So you need to consult measures that filter these compositional effects. One, median wage growth, as tracked by the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta, was 3.4% in February, barely changed from before the pandemic. Another, the Labor Department's Employment Cost Index shows earnings up 2.8% in the fourth quarter of 2020, compared with 3% a year earlier. In 2010, both measures of wage growth fell below 2%. So it seems like it's much better right now. Okay. Yeah, but, you know, again, even in those numbers, they're not free from distortions. There are tons of distortions. And... He just mentioned a big one, which is that, look, the labor losses have skewed toward the lowest income profiles, which has meant that those who remained employed, those who are captured by these indexes, and they're not entirely filtered and tiered off by uh, these, especially the employment cost index, 
what that means is that we're not necessarily getting the best wage data that we could. It doesn't apply universally to include all of those who have been disproportionately affected and unfortunately affected by the, this latest recession. So it's another one of those situations where we're, we're not supposed to believe our lying eyes because of so many distortions. And so we're going to give you some distorted numbers so that you believe that. It sounds a little bit like the uh, there's so much spending, the inflation is going to pick up argument a little bit from uh, one of our earliest readings with The Economist. At least that's just what's rattling around in my head. Let me continue, Jeff. Another sign of tightening labor market, employers having trouble staffing up. In October 2009, businesses contacted for the Fed's Beige Book, an anecdotal survey of economic conditions, overwhelmingly described the labor market as weak and wage pressures as subdued. By contrast, this month's Beige Book reported shortages of drivers, entry-level, low-wage, and skilled workers. Child Just care as it had throughout and 2017 and 2018. In fact, mm -hmm. I think I cataloged how many mentions of labor shortage were in each Beige Book, and it didn't it didn't correlate to the unemployment rate or anything else other than monetary policy. So the Beige political Book is nothing policy. more. Oh, Monetary the, political narrative yes. policy. Right. Because there was a message that so was the, being said. The more it was the sure best that, jobs that Jay market. Powell's group was that they were getting inflationary, the more that this labor shortage narrative happened to show up in their beige book, which is nothing more than a, a, a pre-screened compendium of anecdotes. So it essentially tells you exactly what policymakers think is going on, but it doesn't really tell you what the, what's going on in the real economy. So that's right. So it's a collection. I don't even think it's a scientific no, poll, it's... but it's a collection that then gets filtered by humans who have biases and can read the tea leaves. And that's yeah. what get presented in the beige book. I'm not saying that it's corruption. I'm just saying no, maybe it's, even it's... as humans. Right. It could be unconscious. It... Everyone's you talking think, about labor shortage. Well, here's right. labor shortage. Well, you believe it too. You see the unemployment rates dropping and you think, well, that's got to be happening. So unconsciously or not, you select anecdotes to go into the beige book that confirm that there is a labor shortage. And we well, know from the fact, for a fact, by all the data outside of it, there was never a labor shortage. It never happened. It did not, didn't matter how many stories got printed, how many anecdotes in the Beige Book, in the Wall Street Journal, everywhere else, there never was a labor shortage. Never, never was. Didn't well, happen. Well, Mr. Mr. Ip is one step ahead of you, Jeff, because okay. he says one shouldn't put too much weight on anecdotes, but these are corroborated by data, which you were just talking about. Job vacancy rates are above pre-pandemic levels in most sectors, even leisure and hospitality. That's the extent of the data. Okay. So why does one set of numbers suggest the labor market is slack while another suggests it is tight? The discrepancy goes back to how this recession was fundamentally different from the previous one. The 2008 09 financial crisis wiped out wealth and dried up credit. That sapped demand for goods and services as consumers stopped spending and for workers as employers stopped hiring. By contrast, the pandemic clobbered both demand for workers as businesses closed and the supply as workers withdrew to look after their children or their health. As businesses reopen and stimulus checks juice sales, the demand for workers is now recovering, but the supply of workers 
not so much. Adjusted for population growth, the labor force, people working or looking for work, is roughly 5 million smaller than before the pandemic. Yeah, and that's not an unimportant point, is it? You can say that the, the supply point, of labor almost. is down, but what? why? I don't know if he gets that in the article, but no. I think that that's, that's an incredibly important point. Yes, demand for labor is rising as we see jobless claims continue to fall, which is an, another indication that demand uh, that the labor market is healing. But that doesn't mean it's, it's close to being healed. Far from it. As we keep saying with the labor force participation rate and the labor force numbers themselves, you know, the fact that there's five million fewer workers in the labor force since compared to Mar uh, February of 2020 is a huge, enormous, powerful indication that things are not healing well because why are people staying outside the labor force? Why are why is supply not rising rapidly? He says it's because the people are taking care of themselves. I would argue that it's no, they they cannot find work that they're willing at, at the wage they're willing to, to, to be paid for. He specifically disagrees. Only a small share of those labor market dropouts want a job. COVID-19 is keeping most of the others out of the job market. Fear might be the single most important difference between this recession and its predecessors. Also, millions are caring for children, but it wasn't clear how many of these were because of COVID-19 closures. So the big so difference there is, well, this is quite the, a statement, only a small share. There's no data, right? That's just his conjecture. Yes. Which is, it's perfectly fine and reasonable to make that conjecture, but it's also, I mean, you can't say that this is conclusively a tight labor market because people are too afraid to work, right? Yeah, well, clear, yeah, clarity over agreement. That's, that's, his, uh, that's his argument, but, and perhaps some of the, yeah, I'm not gonna, I don't know. <laughs> no, it is, you know, we don't, we're, I don't we're wanna... trying to mind read in the sense here. Yeah, because, I don't. And then the reason we're trying to mind read is because his case ultimately boils down to some some point that he's pulled out of thin air. He believes that COVID explains why people aren't going back in the labor force when there's demand for labor, when all of the distortions and data, are, again, we, we, have, we have lots of data outside the, 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 these labor market statistics that likewise tell us that things are not proceeding according to normal. It's not just the labor market data. There's a whole host of things that say, yes, things are improving, we are rebounding, but there is still an enormous amount of slack whether you believe it's, it's, it's labor market slack or just macroeconomic slack of a, of a general nature, it's there and it's not there in anecdotes. It's there in data and market prices, for example. I don't know, I, I find that line disturbing. I, I guess I shouldn't be too disturbed because he qualifies it saying that it's COVID related, but to say only a small share of those labor markets dropouts want a job that's, well, I would, it that's what I would me. say is, wait a minute, we've seen this before, too. This is not the first time this has happened. Right. So if we're going to compare apples to apples here, the 2008-2009 was also a period where we saw people drop out of labor. For, it wasn't to this degree. It was almost, I think it was 1.8 million, 1.7 million, something like that. But we have seen this kind of behavior before where the labor force shrinks. And it's, in 2008-2009, it had done that for the first time in post-war history. Yep. No matter how bad the recessions had been before the financial crisis, you never saw the labor force shrink. Employment levels dropped, but people didn't drop out of the labor force because they knew that work was going to come back at some point. They kept looking for jobs. It just became hard to find. That all changed in October of 2008 
Why October of 2000? Obvious reasons. So the labor force shrank, which was the Americans' workers on the margins back then, 12 years ago, saying, they say there's a recovery here, but we don't see it. We're not going to rejoin the labor force. And guess what? That ha that continued for a very, very long time, where the participation rate continued to fall year after year after year after year of so-called recovery. And it wasn't because workers were afraid of something. I mean, economists back then, they tried to explain it by the opioid crisis. They said, oh, they're too drug addict. They're, they're too drug addicted to rejoin the labor force, or they're too lazy to join. I mean, We've heard this kind of rhetoric before, and we've seen these kinds of behavior before. The American worker has said, there's no point in joining the labor force because there are no jobs worth me getting off the couch for. Well, clearly the, um, the baseline here is that the 2008 and 2020 events are unrelated. I think that's the key. Which you know, is that true. was a financial crisis back then. Right. And this has nothing to do. This was out of the blue, COVID, and that's it. But, but we disagree yeah. because I we I'm, say it's the a continuum. Causes may be different, and some of the some of the ways things have happened that might be different. But on the general level, which is what most most people are looking at as, as American workers, they're saying this is the same thing. Yeah, the economy shut so. down in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. It wasn't the government coming in and imposing pandemic restrictions. It was a financial crisis, and now we have in two thousand twenty, the economy was shut down again, a significant portion of it. Now, yes, maybe the government was responsible for it, but it, from the American workers' perspective, who cares? We don't care why it happened. All we know is that we used to have a job. We looked at the situation after this this uh, recession happened, and it doesn't look any better to us, so we're not going to look for work. That's Jeff, what was really the bottom line here. Jeff, in the decade after the global financial crisis, did America's labor force participation rate ever recover? No, to, not even close. It no, bottomed sorry. out, and I think it bottomed out for other reasons too, because it just happened to coincide with work requirements being reposed, being reimposed on uh, SNAP benefits. But either way, the the, job, the uh, participation, the labor force participation rate never really recovered. It bottomed out in 2015, and it stayed at that low level ever since. And now it's gone even further downward, because yeah, COVID probably, maybe. But I would think, by and large, Americans know what the job situation is, and they think there's really not enough jobs to go around, at least not enough jobs that pay what we want to be paid. All in all, while unemployment is indeed elevated, the job market isn't as loose as the 8.4 million shortfall suggests. This partly undercuts the rationale for the aggressive fiscal and monetary stimulus injected into the economy to fuel spending that soaks up all those out-of-work people many simply aren't available to be hired. This is likely to change. As vaccination spreads, the virus-related obstacles to working should recede and economists expect the labor force to rebound. But what if workers are slow to return? As stimulus-stoked demand for labor meets stubbornly reduced supply, the Inflation! Inflation! Inflation's coming! Inflation's coming! The, the <laughs> result should be even faster wage gains for those who do work and one more reason to worry about inflation. Something, something, something with consumer prices, I guess. Um, it's just like that last article we did with The Economist, the react to the article and that one where it said, yeah, you know, these numbers are so absurd and there's some strange things and we have to consider there's some unusual circumstances this time. Therefore, 
it's not as bad as it says. And here's another one along those same lines. Yeah, and I think you know, there's a there's a legitimate basis for that type of discussion. There is a there is you know a good theory here. The idea is that if that's true, that Americans are and not just Americans. This would be true all across the world. If Americans are are they're not they're not joining the work, labor force because they're too afraid of the disease, or they're you know they're they're engaged in childcare because schools aren't reopened. And there's there's definitely some of those people out there. That is absolutely happening question is how many but if if he's right that that's the greater proportion of why the labor force is de- is down as far as it is then yes that would lead to a much tighter labor market as things open up but we don't have to i mean that's that's conjecture that's a theory right yes there are markets for those things and we do have an indication a relatively solid indication with a very enviable track record about inflation versus deflation slack versus not slack labor shortage versus this is just ridiculous uh, politically planted stories jeff good times good times i enjoyed it uh let's do this again next week